Welcome to the local Ascending to Full Podcast in three, two, one. Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the local 724 podcast. Ryan's out today. But we got two guys in here. We got Mike and Eric from the Westmoreland County Housing Authority. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing, doing awesome. Well. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you guys on. Great to be here. Indeed. Yeah. Celebrating uh, Mike had a birthday. I sure did. Yeah, you? on Monday. <laughs> Landmark number 6-0. 6-0. I just turned 40 this year. And, uh, you know, everybody, all my friends, they're always just like, oh, man, I'm getting so old. I'm getting so old. I'm worried about it. I think it's great. I don't know. I don't mind being 40. Yeah, 60. I, I, I kept getting asked, how do I feel? I said, like, like I did yesterday. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's just a number. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm heading to 55. Double 55? Nickel. There you go. Double nickel. Awesome. Well, you guys are from the Westmoreland County Housing Authority. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that is the l- third largest? Fourth largest. Fourth largest housing authority in Pennsylvania, right? In the state of Pennsylvania. Very awesome. So why don't you guys tell us, uh, for those who don't know, what does the housing authority do and how do you guys like help the community? Absolutely. First and foremost, Jordan, I'm going to thank you for having us on Absolutely. here today uh, for the show. Uh, again, my name is Mike Washowich and uh, I'm the executive director, CEO of the Westmoreland County Housing Authority. As you just uh, mentioned, we are the fourth largest housing authority in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, We provide housing in Westmoreland County as far east as New Florence and Seward, as far west as as Irwin, as far north as New Kensington and Lower Burrow, and as far south as Manesson, and basically anywhere and everywhere in between Greensburg, Latrobe, Jeanette, Hemphill Township, and so forth. We have over 2,500 units uh, throughout the county. Uh, but when people ask me, uh, and I get this question quite often, what is a housing authority? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, what's a housing authority? Well, essentially we're basically just a large, uh, property management company, but unlike a traditional property management company, we're a, uh, management company and an owner of uh, the communities that we own that we're invested in, in the social service component uh, of the business. And that. It, that, in my mind, is what separates us. I've always said uh, we have uh, a couple of missions. We're fortunate uh, to uh, be able to house a lot of uh, elderly and disabled uh, through this uh, great county. And on one side of the equation, our, our mission is just to help them to live uh, comfortably in place, help them age gracefully in the place that they call home and uh, trying to link them with all the available resources and services that are out there. We also have our own in-house social service programs that provide uh, uh, daily and weekly uh, services uh, uh, in our communities. But on the flip side of the equation, we house a lot of families as well. But our mission is quite different uh, in regards to our families. We're there to try to help them, to assist them, so that they can ex- experience upward mobility and eventually get out of either Section 8 or public housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in some cases, uh, experience, uh, which we've assisted over 80 families become homeowners in this county through our family self 
self-sufficiency program, they become homeowners wow. and successful homeowners. So that's the type of work that we do in terms of our uh, housing. We're also, and Eric can uh, articulate and, and speak to uh, some of the development activities. We've been very active in, in development in this county. Um, if you've had a chance to drive down the South Greengate cor uh, corridor, you will see uh, what we refer to as our campus. Uh, we have an, uh, an administrative building which we've renovated and purchased. Purchased. Uh, we've built. Uh, we've uh, <clears throat> built two new senior developments uh, right there on our on our campus, uh, and we've also uh, built a magistrate's office which we lease uh, to to the magistrate as well. Our most recent development project is down in Irwin. We started that last year, and that particular project is called uh, um, Grandview Senior Residences, and, and that's in, that's going to open in late May to June of this year, and we're very excited uh, about that. Wow. Uh, one other item I, I think it's important, Mike, if you can, is to elaborate on what Section 8 is, because when you talk to the general public, they always throw a negative component out there that we don't want Section 8 or that's, you know, Section 8. There, you know, the Section 8 program is a mobile voucher program where uh, if you qualify and if you're, you know, we have a large waiting list, but if you're lucky enough to receive a voucher, you can rent any house or apartment in the county that meets the requirements of the Section 8 program. Um, not only do we as a housing authority you know manage that we also make sure all the landlords pay their taxes uh, property taxes they all have to be uh, paid up to date um, so the section 8 program is a very beneficial program i i believe we have a little over 1600 uh, vouchers currently in the county that are being used for uh, housing um, and often, like I said, you know, Mike and I have both been in public meetings and, you know, the Section 8 program, you know, gets a bad rap from various politicians, various um, community, you know, figures. Mm -hmm. And it's really a solid program to provide additional housing that is not owned by the housing authority. Yeah. So it's private landlords renting to qualified tenants that have a voucher. So. Yeah, Eric, that's uh, that's well said, um, and I can tell you over my 23 years uh, at the Housing Authority, um, I've had uh, you know that, those questions come up to me many times, uh, and and in fact, quite often it's uh, with negative connotations to it. The Housing Choice Voucher Program, um, it's a it's a good program. Um, you know, again, uh, the perception is by some that when you drive in any community and you see a dilapidated house, that some people will say that's a, quote, a Section 8 home. Well, um, I've had this happen over the years. Um, I've had local politicians, council members call. They give me the address and I go through my list and I go, no, that's not our property. Our properties, as Eric said, um, uh, it, the voucher program is, is a program in which a family who is eligible gets a voucher. They go out and search independently for, for their own unit. Um, that property is then inspected to meet governmental standards, uh, formerly uh, HQS, now transitioning into another um, inspection platform. But we, we do those inspections an annually. And as Eric alluded to earlier, 
And some some of the local officials are quite surprised that uh, um, the fact that we check and we require landlords to be uh, paid up on on their on their taxes. Yeah, and that that's a uh, that's a benefit uh, to all the municipalities. Uh, the boroughs and and so forth, where those Section Eight homes uh, are at, and we will continue to do that. That's a courtesy that we extend to them. Um, just like any neighborhood, uh, you know. Listen, I, I say this all the time. Whether it's our public housing communities or whether it's my neighborhood or your neighborhood, neighborhoods sometimes have issues, and uh, you know we see what's happening uh, across this country um, in, in in some regards that uh you know it's just not all the all the problems aren't centered per se in a public housing community um or uh, you know it's a section eight home um there there are issues everywhere and uh the programs you know we're, we're fortunate at wcha to have such a diverse uh portfolio we have 1600 public housing units um we also have uh, uh over a thousand units that which we continue to expand upon um, that are owned and operated by us through a number of other programs uh, that that are out there um, and available uh, and programs that we've just support ourselves. And mm -hmm. uh, again, our effort uh, our effort is is solely um, centered on uh, trying to expand quality affordable housing for residents in need in in this county. And as I said. Uh, just not providing them with brick and mortar, but hopefully trying to link them um, and assist them to become productive citizens here in this county. Yeah, and that's the, that's the cool thing I think about this is that you guys go the extra mile not just to ensure that they're they have a roof over their head, but then to take that and then move forward and be successful. I think that's the most important part about that. Um, Talking about like the negative connotation with the uh, Section Eight, um, you know, it's you drive through Greensburg sometimes, and I'm just going to use Greensburg as an example because I live here. Um, but you you drive through and you see the the red X's. You see the red X's sitting on some of the houses and stuff like that. Um, I think that people probably think that those are Section Eight or those are like you know this is a a slumlord, this is a dilapidated property, blah, blah, blah. Can you explain what, what are the red X's? Well, uh, again, uh, you're right. Uh, that, that perception is made. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah, again, for someone to um, come to us who gets a voucher, if, if they're eligible for a voucher, they go out on a private rental market. Uh, they then present the unit that they want to move into. Before they can move in, we have to perform a comprehensive inspection on, on, on that place. Right. And it has to meet uh, certain uh, standards uh, to that. And as I said, uh, th that landlord must be paid up on his taxes as, as well. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, in, you know, I'm born and raised in the city of McKeesport. Um, yeah. You, you know, uh, I had a local politician not there somewhere in this county once tell me that the Section 8 program was a ruination of, uh, of the city. And, really? And I said, well, do you know how many rental units are in your particular town? He said, I got no idea. And I said, well, there's over 1,500. I said, uh, you know how many Section 8 voucher holders are in your town? He said, I got no idea. I said, 170. Yeah. <laughs> I said, uh, so please, uh, again, 
unfortunately, in, in communities that experience economic um, challenges, you do get a lot of slum landlords who purchase properties for minimum cost. Mm -hmm. And uh, quite frankly, they take advantage of, um, of, of those, some of those in individuals that are out there that are in need of housing. Right. And uh, they'll rent uh, with no screening processes. Um, and listen, as I said, in a, lot, in, in a lot of cases, whether it's public housing or Section 8, our, our tenants are, are, are do a wonderful job. But sometimes it's either some of their friends that they associate with right. or some of their family members who are frequent visitors uh, to their units and so forth that uh, at times can cause uh, some problems and issues. But uh, I, I assure everybody, whether if, if, if you're a resident uh, in, in our programs, any of our programs, and um, you violate the terms and conditions of your lease, um, you know, we got to be proactive to protect the, the peaceful enjoyment of not only in the case of the Section 8 homes, the neighbors next to them, but in public housing, that's the neighbors who are in the right. buildings and in the communities. We, we, gotta, we have an obligation to protect their peaceful enjoyment as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, if, listen, that's something, uh, going through an eviction process is, uh, is uh, not easy. We don't take uh, that lightly because you're you're potentially taking uh, you know the place that they call home away from them and going through the court systems and so forth but uh, at times um, you know we have an obligation to all the other people that we serve right yeah that's got to be tough I mean you guys Absolutely. have to make tough decisions and uh, you know it is uh, you know all in who you know and that goes both ways whether it's you know, uh, good or bad, but, um, you know, I know that they have, uh, some really nice section eight housing down in, uh, Latrobe. They look like brand new townhouses. They're amazing looking. Uh, they're probably the nicest looking places on the entire block. And, you know, you would never know really, unless, uh, you know, you were looking for, you were one of the guys looking to be, you know, negative about something like sure, that. Sure. Um, but uh, you guys also do a lot of the outreach as far as um, activities, social type things. Um, I, when I was doing my research, I saw like medical, things like that. Can you guys speak to any of that? Yeah, sure. Uh, as I mentioned uh, briefly early on, our, our in-house social programs are second to none in the state. Uh, to give you an example, um, we're probably, um, in terms of Section 8, Eric mentioned we have 18, 16 to 1800 vouchers, depending on different various programs. Mm -hmm. um, but our family self-sufficiency program, which is a program which our in-house counselors uh, spread the word to, to get volunteers from our communities in both public housing and in, in the housing choice voucher program to participate so that they can go through uh, counseling uh, in terms of budgeting skills, um, you know, financial wellness, uh, just general life skills related to, you know, financial success, things yeah. that you, that some of us takes, take for granted that some people do not have the skills 
or, or uh, the know that that really know how to balance a check count, uh, you know, to do yeah. the things that to, to establish a savings account to put money aside when you experience upward mobility in your jobs and so forth. So that family self sufficiency program is uh, is a leader in the state. Uh, in fact, our staff is often called upon by our state organization to educate uh, even some of the larger housing authorities. Uh, in terms of what they're doing and how how successful they are, we have over 180 participants right now today, yeah. and uh, compared to you know maybe a, a, an agency without mentioning their names, it might have five or six thousand housing choice voucher participants. They don't even reach those levels. Right. So whatever we're doing, and I want to commend our, our hardworking staff, number one, because they do a tremendous job. Uh, but I want to commend the uh, willingness of all those participants who make a, make a commitment uh, to improving their lives. And uh, that's, that's, the, you know, that's something that really needs to be said. They're to be commended for the work that they do. I mentioned earlier, We've had over the last 15 years, 80 new homeowners yeah. in this county come in into either our public housing or Section 8 program and then get off of Section 8 or public housing and become successful homeowners. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's one, uh, one of our in-house programs. Uh, another one is our Hope and Life program. Our Hope and Life program is a program in which our counselors are centered in our communities, whether it's our senior high-rise buildings or our family communities. And uh, they serve as activity coordinators. Uh, they serve as a conduit to assist our seniors and disabled and helping linking them to the, all the available resources that, that, are, that are out there that our residents may not be aware of and so forth. So again, uh, uh, they do a tremendous job. Um, I'll give you another example of, of a community partnership, which uh, it, 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 it occurs uh, down in Irwin, Pennsylvania. We have uh, sh a short distance from here. We have a high rise building down there and we have a, a community organization, uh, Friends of Irwin Manor who donate their time on a monthly basis and uh, provide programming activities um, meals, uh, they bring in musicians and so forth. And it's really a, 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 a true, uh, just a, a, a great experience for our residents. When we, we go down to our community room, it's packed. I've always said, and it's the Friends of Irwin Manor. I wish I had the Friends of Irwin Manor in all my other 16 <laughs> high-rise buildings throughout yeah. this, throughout this, this county, uh, because they do such a fantastic job. Yeah. It's amazing to me that, you know, out of the 80 um, folks that, you know, you were talking about there, that people went on to be homeowners, that's, that's a big thing. That's a big sure. deal. That's a huge milestone for people uh, to own a house. And, you know, there's a lot of people, I think, that are out there that might be in a tough situation financially that could sit there and think like, I'm never going to own a house. I'm never going to own a house. And they give up on that dream. But with programs like this, and you guys are educating people on how to save and how to, you know, cut back on, uh, you know, discretionary spending or things like that and, and start saving. Um, that's, it's so important. It's so important. I could, I could understand that like, you know, in a bigger city, um, trying to educate folks uh, who are, you know, 
in a big city with bigger, higher prices, things like that, a bigger cost of living, it would be kind of tough, I think. But here in Westmoreland County, I think it's a, it's a sweet spot. It's a very nice area and you are able to live here. You know, I'm not going to say cheaply, but you are able to live here more affordably. And with just a little bit of education that you guys would provide, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they could turn their whole lives around. Yeah, and that's not to say, uh, Jordan, you're, and you're absolutely right. It's not to say that home ownership is for every person. Right, yeah. But once you go through a program such as ours, uh, those valuable skills that, that you learn can help you on you know in anything that you decide to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are the skills that you can put forth moving moving forward. Um, you, you mentioned something else, and you're right. I mean, listen, uh, wh- being poor is uh, is tough. Uh, yeah. I mean, no one. I always say, no, no one signs signs up when the truck's there and they open the door. You know, hey, hey let's run and let's be poor. I mean, right, yeah. It's uh, it's a struggle. A lot of times, it's it's by uh, it's by circumstance. And uh, you know, we have another program in house, which is a rental assistance program, which helps uh, not only our residents but the residents in this county who experience a hardship. Uh, something may happen in their family, uh, you know, where they can't, they fall behind in their rent. Uh, yeah. They can come to us and we can, we can assist them on, on, uh, you know, providing some rental assistance for a, on a temporary uh, uh, a period of time, just to, just to get them back up on their feet again, in an effort to keep them where they're at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, hey, our, our clients are no different than, than every, everyone else. I mean, we all have, we all have struggles in in our right. in our lives, yeah. In, you know, within our own families, within our own neighborhoods, within our communities, and uh, you know, again, we just uh, we do we we have a committed group uh, of staff. We have a hundred and thirty full and part time employees in this business. You uh, have to be passionate about uh, people, for sure. Um, yeah. And you got to understand that uh, service is is important. Um, I've always said, uh, if, if if you don't believe that in your heart, uh, then you need to look in the mirror when you get up That's right. and uh, make a decision that maybe you're you're in the wrong line of work. Yeah. And uh, you know, I honestly, sincerely mean that, and I continue to say, say that to uh, the employees uh, routinely at the housing authority. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not as easy as just like. Hey, I'm down on my luck. I'm going to go get another job and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've had in, I own my own business. I mean, so I have ups and downs, ebbs and flows. I got all that stuff. So it's like, you know, whenever you're having a rough spot, you're sitting there, you're waiting for a check to come in or something like that. When that check comes in, something always happens. And it's not like, all right, finally I can, you know, relax. You're, you know, you're, you're taking care of things that have happened or something else happens. Your car breaks down or my wife's car catches on fire. <laughs> Been there. So it's just like, you know, it's not, it's not simple. You know, it's not simple. So, right. you know, you definitely have to uh, care, care for people. Like you said, man, I, I mean, that's, that's correct. Service is ingrained. I think in all of us, it's whether we, uh, whether we follow that calling or not is uh, kind of makes us who we are. Absolutely. That's what I would say. And also, you know, our supportive staff works closely with the county. Um, there's a large initiative to reduce homelessness. Um, there was just a report today at our um, biweekly management meeting 
about uh, the county doing a drive-by uh, homeless count last night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, we all know at times, you know, homelessness is not always um, by choice, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we continue to support, you know, those efforts of the county to reduce homelessness in, in this county as well. Um, and that's, and Eric's right, that's, there's, a, there's a hidden population of homeless out there, yeah. you know, the, the, the friends of friends who are sleeping on couches and so forth. And that's the challenge for the county and for agencies like us to try to get our hands around those numbers to, so that they can be served. Um, it's, but it's, it's difficult. Yeah. What, what do you have? Do you guys have like just a ballpark figure of the amount of homeless in this area? Because I can honestly tell you, I, I would have no idea. I would say like, I don't think I've ever seen a homeless person here, but I'll probably see a couple every day. I don't actually have a, a number, right, but, yeah. uh, you know, there, there are some shelters, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in town and, uh, obviously again, um, those shelters remain uh, very, very active. Um, you know, we're, we're very supportive of, of all those shelters. And, uh, uh, again, it's, un, it's unfortunate. Um, yeah. and you know, l- l- let's face it. Um, you know, we're an independent living facility. Uh, but, uh, a lot of our clients, uh, you know, they come to us with a, with a lot of, uh, you know, mental health is a, is a major concern nowadays. I mean, state institutions have been closed down. Um, and, uh, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, the, 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 those individuals, uh, still, you know, require housing, they're entitled to it. They should have it. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, uh, they need a tremendous amount of support services, uh, to, uh, to assist them. And at times, uh, that, that creates some issues, uh, because those support services just aren't, aren't, aren't available and those resources aren't there. Yeah. And I can see, I mean, like you guys started in, uh, the housing authority started in 1942, 52, 42. Yes. But I think we're about our 85th, 84th okay. or 85th year. I believe it's a 1942. Yeah. So, I mean, like if you guys can touch on a little bit of the types of issues that we have to deal with now versus kind of what they were dealing with back then, you mentioned mental health. That's a big thing that's kind of in the spotlight now. Back then, that was never talked about. It was just kind of like, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so. He, he's the wild guy in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they didn't, uh, they, it wasn't a thing. Right. Um, back, back in those days, and, and here in Westmoreland County, most of our communities, even though the Housing Authority was established in 1942, I believe, most of our developments weren't. Uh, well, for, the first one was built in uh 1950s uh, park manor okay and, and then uh through various federal hud programs you had various phases of development uh, a large portion of our portfolio was built in the 60s and 70s and a lot of those were high-rise buildings uh, and at the time those were um, more elderly um, senior type buildings okay um, obviously they reflected the community as a whole uh, a lot of our um, developments in the 60s and the 70s they were built in the third class cities of uh, Manesson, Jeanette, uh, La Trobe, mm-hmm. uh, New Kensington, Arnold, uh, Lower Borough um, and again you know those buildings though they weren't necessarily designated elderly only uh, 
back when they were built, that's the population that they served. And as Michael started to you know, articulate, it's always been disabled elderly designations. Um, I, get, I, ask, I get to ask, ask that question all the time. When did you start allowing these younger disabled adults uh, to move into your yeah. high-rise buildings? And as Eric said, I said, uh, you know, from day one, the buildings were all, all, always federally designated elderly disabled. But at the times, as Eric alluded to, that uh, the majority of people who moved into the buildings in the 60s and in the 70s in the high-rise developments were, were elderly. Right. And uh, over time, that changed. Uh, move us to uh, the early 90s with, with the passage of the American Disabilities Act. Um, the definition of a disability um, springboarded from, uh, you know, less than 10 uh, uh, areas of being classified or qualified as a as a federally disabled person to now. I don't even know what the, what the number number is, um, but couple that with again with the uh, closing of uh, inst institutional um, housing uh, for some of the disabled and so forth. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we do get, we've had an influx for many, many years of younger disabled adults. Uh, and that's not to say that uh, our, our, our younger disabled adults are problems because in a lot of cases, you know, they, um, they're tremendous people. And uh, it just creates some, as you can imagine, some cultural differences when you're moving in at a 29-year-old uh, person who likes to listen to louder music. Sure. And yeah. might like to partake in a, in a cocktail or two. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, their, their neighbor is an 88-year-old uh, uh, grandmother. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the, it, it creates some cultural uh, differences. Uh, but for the most part, uh, you know, again, our people, we got great people. Um, it only takes one or two bad individuals or, or, or people within our communities to cause a lot of havoc. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's unfortunate. But as I always say, hey, that happens in my neighborhood as well. And right. Probably yeah. yours, too. Absolutely. Yeah. We're the loud ones. <laughs> We're the ones out singing karaoke in our living room until 2 a.m. Um, I mean, I was just this morning. This morning, I was down at the uh, Lohanna Care Center uh, visiting my grandma. And uh, the guy right next to her room obviously is hard of hearing. And I was he was watching a Christmas movie, and I could hear every single word every single word like it was playing in my grandma's room and she's just looking at me rolling her eyes rolling her eyes and uh you know it happens everywhere sure i have speaking of latrobe i that's where i grew up and uh i have two buildings in mind right down by the police station mm -hmm. um are those uh two buildings that you guys um yes are uh, latrobe manor which is a, yes. a public housing building and loyal hannah apartments which is a, um, a building we own. Um, that's uh, what they call is designated as Section 8 new construction. Um, but it's just a different funding platform. Um, it was built uh, after Latrobe Manor, but we purchased uh, Loyal Hanna uh, about 14 years ago. And uh, we just uh, completed a couple million dollars in renovations in in that in that building and and the work is extremely beautiful eric and if you want to touch upon that yes uh, loyal hand apartments we completely renovated all the apartments new kitchens new finishes um complete renovation and uh lobby space community space and uh it's a vibrant you know vibrant senior community there mm -hmm. um 
as mentioned, Lake Trail Manor is a public housing uh, community. Um, same type of people that we're housing, just different uh, funding source to um, subsidize the rent. Yeah. Um, again, two big assets in downtown uh, Latrobe uh, community. Um, we feel, you know, we're an asset to every community that we're in. And um, I guess that's a good se segue into, you know, what we're currently doing. As I mentioned, um, you know, a lot of our public housing uh, communities were all built in primarily the 60s and 70s. Uh, we have various types of developments, you know, from high-rise buildings um, to um, scattered sites. Um, currently, though, the primary mechanism to build more affordable housing in this community, in this county, and we try, we're trying to, you know, obviously work in conjunction with the county commissioners. Uh, mm -hmm. They recently redid the comp plan. And uh, we're trying to move out of the third-class cities populations where we have a large presence to communities where we're underserved. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're currently doing that. You know, again, we built uh, since 2013, we built two new senior buildings in Hemphill Township mm -hmm. uh, through the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit Program. It's a, uh, it's a funding mechanism that uses private equity to fund the construction and then that private equity receives a tax credit over a 10-year period and um, it's really the only mechanism a housing authority has to build new affordable housing uh, currently and uh, it's it's both used by private developers and public housing you know uh, for nonprofit entities to build uh, affordable rental housing uh, throughout the county or throughout the country and uh, we have a uh, strong relationship, uh, partnership with the county. We use uh, some uh, federal funding to um, help fill gaps. Uh, the tax credit program typically funds about 70 to 75% of the cost of construction and development. So there's always that gap financing that's needed. So the county commissioners have been a very strong proponent of building this type of housing in, in the uh, county. And uh, Mike Michael does a great job communicating um, our mission to continue that that effort. And uh, to date, they've been very uh, supportive and they've, you know again allocated resources to help us do that. And without that support, you're exactly right, Eric. Without the uh, help of uh, the the county and the county commissioners and their support, uh, a development such as Grandview Senior Residences mm -hmm. couldn't couldn't take place, or Odenview or South Greengate Commons. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've uh, tried to and we've continued to maintain a, a wonderful relationship uh, with the county officials, uh, not only the county, but uh, as Eric mentioned earlier, to all the municipalities and, 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 and boroughs where we have housing at. Uh, we partner with our local police departments. Uh, we were able to secure funding through the uh, federal government uh, where we're uh, providing uh, what they call above baseline police support, uh, where uh, in Irwin and New Kensington and Manesson and uh, in Trafford and some of the other communities where uh, police officers can uh, can go um, and and do a patrol, uh, uh, you know, after hours um, and 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 be paid above and beyond what their normal 
uh, time uh, uh, and, and their normal, normal shift is. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's uh, that's been a tremendous, tremendous partnership because it allows not only one visible police presence uh, to deter any criminal activity, uh, but it, uh, in my mind, more importantly, it gives the officers a chance to build some rapport with the residents. Yes. Uh, yep. Create some dialogue. Uh, some of our residents, uh, they watch, we have security cameras uh, at all of our locations, so they'll watch their, their TVs. So they can become the eyes and ears uh, for the local police department if, if, in fact, there is some illegal activity yeah. that's uh, taking place in our community. So, again, uh, and Eric mentioned it earlier, we, we, uh, we, we, we believe and, and uh, we want to be a, a, a true community partner with uh with all the um with all the boroughs and municipalities that we deal with uh because we're vested yeah. we're, we're vested in in the towns and we're ve we're vested in the people that we serve uh i've always said on the development side we the and eric mentioned that the low-income housing tax credit credit program is a program in which you know here in westmoreland county or any county you'll get developers that want to come in from you know california and develop here and yeah uh, happens all the time uh, yeah and i say who who more is invested in this county and in the people that we serve than than the westmoreland county housing authority right. we could continue to provide not only the brick and mortar but the the quality uh social service uh, component that i alluded to earlier yeah I mean, just take a walk down uh, Pennsylvania Ave or uh, Main Street, and you'll run into a million buildings that are owned by people that don't even live here. It's oh, crazy. Um, and again, uh, you know, this type of development, the Low Income Housing Tax Credit Program, it's supported by Democrats, Republicans. Mm -hmm. You know, Michael does a great job lobbying our state uh, officials. Um, and county officials, you know, that are at the state level, uh, you know, Ms. Kim Ward is a vital component uh, in her role at the state government. Um, you know, we need, you know, this is a competitive program through the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency uh, to get credits awarded to Westmoreland County, to the Housing Authority, you know, acting on, in a sense, on behalf of Westmoreland County to bring these types of developments into this county. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. You know, there's limited resources. Uh, they fund typically about 40 to 45 projects count or statewide and a large percentage of those go to the Philadelphia, the Pittsburgh market uh, because they generate the largest amount of the tax credits in the state. Yeah. So, you know, we're competing against those outlying communities outside of those metropolitan areas of the, of the state to bring these resources to you know, the county. Yeah. But as Eric mentioned, uh, that's the only way uh, today that uh, we could be successful in a development program. Um, unlike, you know, the 60s and 70s when uh, uh, federal dollars were coming through the pipelines that enabled uh, quality affordable housing to be built. Mm -hmm. But uh, all, all that has been dried up. It's gone away. Um, again, this program is supported uh, by both D's and R's on both sides of the equation. It's very successful. Um, you know, if, again, if any of the listeners want to take a drive down South Greengate Commons and see our campus and look at those two beautiful buildings that are there, you'll get an idea of the quality um, mm -hmm. of, uh, of the units and the buildings that are there. And uh, we're open and we're going to be opening up uh, the one in Irwin here shortly in the next four or five months. Yeah, I, it's super exciting. 
just to hear like kind of, you know, that especially today in, you know, 2024 in a, a very, um, I don't know, very uh, segregated uh, politically uh, world that we're in that, you know, this is something that everyone can get behind. I think everyone, um, yeah, and it might be for, for different reasons, but everybody wants you know, homeless or people to, to have a home for somewhere to go. Um, you know, uh, it's just, it's an important thing to have a roof over your head. That's just the, that's the basics. Like, let's take it back to basics. Everybody needs to, to have that. And, uh, you know, especially being in America, you're in America. This is like, you know, everyone talks about third world countries. We, we are, the beacon of hope here in the world. And, uh, you know, we have a, we have a big homeless problem. Um, so the fact that everybody on both sides is really looking at this as something that they would like to support is, is fantastic. That's, that's great news. And let me, uh, let me just squash another, um, misunderstanding that mm -hmm. I hear quite often that, you know, whether it's public housing or the housing choice voucher program, um, whether I'm at the gym and somebody will say, you know, where do you work? Uh, Westmoreland County. I mean, you work, you, you, you work with those people. Yeah. And I'll say, yeah, I do. I'm very proud of the, the place the, that I work at and the people that we deal with. Uh, but there's a misconception out there that our tenants don't pay rent. Right. Yeah. They do pay rent. Uh, you know, the programs are structured that they pay 30% of their income. And I ask anybody who's listening here today, in a lot of cases, 30% of, of your income is a substantial amount of money just to go, um, you know, for, 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 for your rent. Sure is. Uh, yeah. For the place that you call home. So, um, again, that, that's a perception that, that, that's been out there. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate, uh, uh, yeah. you know, uh, poor people do struggle and, uh, you know, that, that's, un that's unfortunate. Um, but, uh, it's not that they, they don't try. Um, and, uh, you know, as I hopefully articulated in some of the, some of the earlier comments that, uh, we've had a lot of success with a lot of our clients. Right. Yeah. And that's. Again, you know, to reiterate on that, that is so important that these folks are, you know, getting this education because you grow up poor, um, you're in a community and you're not getting the right type of education in that community. These people are just trying to survive. So you are basically uh, succumbing to any way possible to survive. Well, that is what folks would call a bad part of town. And uh, so, you know, the fact that they can get themselves out of that, build a rapport with the police, get on a, on a, on a good, like, you know, first name basis with like, hey, officer so-and-so or like whatever. Like, you know, it's really, that's important. And then they have this education that, that propels them into a whole nother part of their life where they're responsible, they have... Um, you know, they're working and contributing to society, paying their rent. And you, know, you do hear that all the time. It's be, you go on social media. It's, oh, my tax dollars are paying for X, Y, Z. No, in this case, the, no, they're not. You know what I mean? So it's uh, a lot of misconceptions. You're right. 
Yeah, um, you know, I said uh, I spoke in an event a few months ago, and I said here we are in, at the end of 2023, and um, you know what what a what a crazy world that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, and whether you turn on the newscast at five or six o'clock or five o'clock in the morning, I quit. Um, I know, quit listening. What, what you what you see um, on a daily basis is a very disturbing. Um, you know, in in this day and age, I mean, I have a 33 year old daughter and a 30 30 year old daughter with a with a with a new granddaughter, and uh, this world is not, is not better uh, today. Uh, people, and again, this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, uh, people are a lot of people are just so angry um, as opposed to being kind. Right. Uh, kindness goes yeah. a long way. Uh, I was at the local Rite Aid about a month or so ago. And uh, I watched a, an older gentleman just uh, just be, uh, berate uh, the pharmacist uh, verbally for ten minutes, uh, and then again, it was just uh, it was very very disturbing. Yeah, uh, to see that. But uh, I don't have to. I don't have to tell anybody. You go to Walmart. You go yeah. wherever you go. You're driving down the road rage rage incidents that you see. It's everywhere today. Yeah. Um, I just wish people would take a step back. And, uh, you know, try to be, uh, again, uh, as opposed to being angry, um, spread a little bit of kindness. Yeah. And you really get that through service. That makes you feel a certain way. When you're helping somebody, it doesn't, nothing feels better than that. Like, you don't want anything in return. You're just like, I'm here to help. I want to do this for this person or this group of folks. That feels so good. And I wish a lot, of, a lot more people would try that. And again, working for Michael, he has a passion. It's infectious to the mm -hmm. staff. And on a micro level, and he'll know what I'm talking about, we had some opposition to the Grandview Senior Residence Project. Um, again, we're dealing with two municipalities, Irwin and North Huntington Township. And um, we got pushed back on certain, certain aspects of the project. And... Um, we were conducting a meeting with potential residents, and um, one of the local officials came up to us and said, hey, you know, I was against this. You know, I'm seeing what this is about now. I'm more educated. I see the product that you're delivering. I'm 100% behind you. Build more. Yeah. Well, you know, two months earlier, we were, you know, in a public meeting battling over why this was necessary to be built where it was being built. And, you know, so, you know, again, that's a micro win. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we turned one person's opinion. Um, so, you know, at times, you know, you know, that feels good, too. You sure. Know, to get somebody yeah. else to say, hey, you know, the guys that, and gals at the Westmoreland County Housing Authority do know what they're doing. They are putting a good product. It's needed. And, um Again, we just, you know, moving forward into other communities, you know, certainly, you know, at times we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll run into the same type of negative aspect until hopefully we can prove, you know, what we're bringing to your community is worthwhile. Yeah. And again, you know, we have a passion to do that and we will continue to try to do that, you know. That's yeah. very gratifying. And uh, Eric's right, the, the, not, the not in my neighborhood mentality right yeah uh that that exists everywhere sure it does uh, yeah. you know and uh but we were committed uh to overcoming that to changing some opinions 
uh, and some mines, uh, you know, based on the, the, the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And once we expose uh, some of the people to, to actually see what we're doing, uh, that uh, we did change some people's minds. Yeah. Do you think do you think it's mainly just, you know, education and, you know, misinterpretation of things sure. and, and all that? Sure. I mean, I, f- I feel like that, you know, just stepping back a few few moments, the world today, I feel like that is the biggest problem right now mm-hmm. is just that people don't take the time to educate themselves on certain issues and they just listen to a bunch of uh, you know misinformed uh, information and then they develop opinions based on uh, their their beliefs or their uh, political party's beliefs and then just run with it i feel like people don't even know kind of what they're what what, what even they're talking about no i 100 percent agree and uh whether it's uh you're watching one news station or the other yeah. but if you're glued to that particular station all the time you develop uh, a, a biased uh, sure in an opinion it's uh, very easy uh yeah. to do and uh i i've seen it and uh i've lived you know, it and i'll throw myself under the bus i did it 2020 man i was watching one of the one of the news stations and that was my jam I watched it every single day. I formed my opinions. I put my opinions on Facebook, did all the things. And my wife was like, what is like, what's this doing for you? And it literally, I couldn't answer the question. I said, I don't know. I'm getting my frustrations out. She was like, why do you got to do that publicly? That was it. I was done. I quit watching the news. I quit doing all of that stuff. I, you know, I really like to think of myself more as, a humanitarian before I am anything else in this world. Uh, take care of people. Be nice to people. That's it. That's all I care about. I give a shit about that, and that's it. And that, that's uh, we commend you for that. And I personally commend you for that. No. Uh, again, we we need uh, we need more more people out there with uh, with that same thought. Yeah. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, just kindness goes a long way. Sure does. Uh, in this world, it'd be such a better place. Uh, Westmoreland would be such a better place mm-hmm. uh, with more of that. And uh, I, I, that's just something I personally, uh, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, everybody, uh, and this being an election year and things like that. Um, I mean, it's not as, the one thing that I'm noticing is that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely friends and, and close with everybody uh, that I am in, you know, involved with in my life, my friends, all that stuff, my business acquaintances um, on either side of the aisle. And what we have just kind of learned to do, me personally, is just kind of like whenever that political conversation gets approached, I'm just like, look, I, I'm out. Like, I just, you know, here I'm a centrist. You know, I I live this life, I live that life, and I'm like, I don't see any benefit of, you know, choosing any kind of a side that's going to uh, hinder a group of folks either way. Um, so that's where the whole, like, you know, one of my best friends said that to me. He said, before I'm anything else, I'm a humanitarian. And I took that on and I adopted that. And I said, you know what, that is probably the best thing I've ever heard in my life. And that's uh, that's how me and my family. Sure, that's how we roll. I like it. Likewise. I like it. Likewise. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, not to go onto a political side of this. Right. Yeah. You know, just you got to have some compassion, some compromise, and willingness sure. to 
yeah, I'll listen to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't agree with you, but it doesn't always have to get into you know an argumentative <laughs> right, yeah. type of position. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. And, um, I mean, I think what you guys are doing is absolutely fantastic. And to be honest, like I couldn't, I couldn't sit here even based off of what we're talking about. I couldn't sit here and decide. What side of the aisle do you guys sit on? I would have no idea, and I don't care, and I don't want to know. The fact that everyone just is out to help people, how you guys are like out to help people and educate folks to better their lives and better this community as a whole is it. That's it. That's all you got to care about. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, when you travel the country a little bit, I had the opportunity to travel to uh, Los Angeles and to see that homeless issue out there is really disheartening yeah and um and again when i've talked to people and you know not everybody has the opportunity to have you know a hundred thousand dollar paying job or Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of working poor in this county in this city in this country who need some help you know People we deal with on a daily basis, you know, whether it's in a restaurant or whether it's in the service industry, you know, those people are making minimum wage, a little bit above minimum wage. Again, that's not always enough money to own a house. Right. Or, you know, to rent the in the best neighborhoods of this county or in this, you know, state. And yeah. again, you know, that's part of what this pro- what we do and the programs that we operate or to, you know, to help seniors who have limited incomes through either just social security limited pension um to have some you know additional resources allocated towards their rent so that they have some other resources to spend on medical medicine food you know and the same thing with you know the families you know we have a lot of working poor a lot of people work it's just not for people who are on quote unquote the government train Right. You know, yeah. we have a lot of working poor people in this county, in this state, and in this country who need some assistance. And that's yeah. that's what these programs are meant to do. And um, and again, I think, you know, going back to that, that story I mentioned, I think that politicians saw some of the people that were potential tenants in this new building we're building in Irwin. And when you start seeing the people that you serve, you get a little different perspective on what yeah. would they do if they don't have this housing, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you you interview or somebody comes to one of our meetings at one of our new buildings and you see it's a grandmother who, who lost her husband who has a, a small pension and she's mm-hmm. collecting Social Security. She would be eligible to yeah. move in. She now li- is living in a small home that she can't take care of. Uh, anymore and uh, you know that's the kind of impact uh, that these type of programs have uh, on that that population and yeah. it's, it's 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 so crit- critical um, I wish that it, that program could be expanded and there would be more resources available so we could develop more and more uh, to help that population I even wish and I've had this conversation um, that uh, you know the income levels that that may prohibit you from moving into that those levels are increased so that someone who maybe is five dollars higher 
than the amount that, that's set yeah. in terms of uh, eligible income. If they're $5 higher, they're, they're not able to move in. And I don't think that's, that's, uh, that, that's a good thing. Right. I think there should be some flexibility. I think there should be some uh, some leeway there to 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 assist, you know, those in, in individuals that, that would expand the amount of people. And again, just to give an example, we have over 250 people on the waiting list down in Grandview um, today. Wow. Uh, we have over 300 at South Green Gate Commons and uh, and Odenview apartments. So the need. Uh, is demonstrated. The need is there. It's there. Uh, yeah. We're 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 looking at another project out in the in the Norvelt area, twenty four unit uh, senior cottage development, which we hope to get underway uh, towards the end of this year wow. and to start. And uh, again, that'll be a little bit different uh, uh, project and, and program, u- utilizing some different funding sources. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, uh, there's going to be uh, twenty four excited seniors that are going to be thrilled to move into that property yeah and and call that place home it's fantastic it's fantastic so if uh there's somebody listening that gets to listen to this and they are thinking hey this could help me out or i know somebody that could uh benefit from this where would you where would you direct people to go well, I would say anybody who's in need of, of housing throughout this county, uh, uh, please visit our website, uh, wchaonline.com. Um, it's a comprehensive web website um, where you can um, see what community you want to live in, um, fill out an application online. Um, you can go that route, or uh, you're also welcome to stop in uh, off of South Greengate Road, Road our headquarters, uh, and uh you know, meet some of our staff and uh, fill out an application there. Um, or you can also do that in any one of our sites as well. Excellent. Very good. Guys, I want to thank you for coming in today. Um, this one, this was like very exciting. Michael, when you and I were talking on the phone and we were just kind of chatting back and forth about like the community and, and this and that, like that's the whole reason this podcast exists is just to get the community fired up and uh you know support businesses and things like that and what you guys are doing for the community i think is just absolutely superb um it's very good and these are these are my favorite episodes these are the ones that really hit home and i think uh really give people some uh some really good listening material so we appreciate the opportunity and uh again for all the listeners if you're interested and finding out some more about the housing authority um, please visit visit our website and thank you personally for inviting us absolutely and i'll put that uh, i'll put that website down in the show notes there likewise likewise all right eric and michael thank you guys so much for coming in i appreciate it and uh i hope you guys enjoyed this one absolutely welcome to the local 724 podcast in three, two, one.